0: Lord, we love you, God. We do thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, God. We need your help this morning, Lord. To change the things in our lives, Lord, that I not be there, Lord. I need your help, Lord, to preach only what you'd have me to say, and Lord, teach these young people, Lord, as we look at this subject of tech, Lord. I know everything that we speak of, Lord. I have to and am working on applying to my life. So, God, would you work with us this morning? God, would you help us? Would you let your grace be sufficient, God, in your word do its work? And we'll thank you for everything you'll do in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 4:27. I'm going to read the whole passage that we've gone through. Then we'll go through just a little bit of review just for the fun of it. And then we'll jump into verse 27. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. When we talked about Proverbs 4.23, what was our key point that I wanted you to remember about Proverbs 4.23? Yes, keeping a pure heart. And what does it have? A pure heart has value. Yes, your pure heart has value. I want you to remember it. I want you to, in your sleep, when you go to college, if you remember one thing Pastor Burton says all, all through your life, I want you to know a pure heart has value. It is not that if you mess up, the Lord cannot use you. It's not like that. But if you will keep your heart clean, God can use you with so much more than if he has to with the baggage that you have to carry. And so now as a young person, you have to understand your pure heart has value. So last week we talked about letting thy eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. And we talked about pondering the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. I don't think I gave you a blank there for the review part, but it says this. We need to make sure we readjust... Your use of technology to eliminate being distracted by things that do not matter or are not priority. Now, I will say this. I have had someone tell me this week that people in this class, outside they didn't even know, I don't think they even know we're doing teeth tech or whatever, but they were telling me that, and it's not a bad thing, so I'm not trying to slam anybody, but they were telling me that somebody, some of the people in this room were like texting and things, Instead of communicating with other people. And not that I'm trying to go, like, yeah, well, stop texting right now. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying we still have to learn the lesson that my need to be right on. Things that matter, they really matter. And most of the things that we do with our technology and we miss communication, we miss working with other people, they don't matter. Like we talked about last week. There's probably nothing... I'm going to say probably, because there may be 1% of things, but there's probably nothing that's going to happen on Facebook that should interrupt you having communication, uh, an honest conversation with somebody standing right in front of you. There is nothing, most likely, that someone's going to send you in a text message that, I mean, there may be, someone may choose to tell you somebody in your family died by text message. Hopefully they do not. I hope they pick up the phone and call you. But I'm just saying... Most of the things that we are distracted by don't matter. And I gave you guys the illustration last week of me. I was sitting down, studying a lesson, typing out the very words. Don't be distracted by things that don't matter. And when my little notification popped up that my brother had uploaded a video, what did I do? Oh, click. Oh, watch that video. Oh, man, that's great. Little notification. My brother did something else. Oh, click. What's that? Because I'm supposed to be studying a lesson... But why? Things that distract me that really don't matter that I could watch probably an hour or two and nothing will have changed, but yet I let it distract me. So we have to let our eyes look right on, and we have to ponder the path of our feet. We have to be honest with ourselves why we use it. We talked about last week a video game console. I have to just go ahead and be honest. The only thing really my PS3 is good for is entertainment. There's no, I'm not going to find any verse in the Bible that's going to tell me it's my spiritual uplifting. I'm going to do it for entertainment. Now, there's nothing wrong with that as long as I'm honest with myself and I don't let entertainment control my life. There's no problem being entertained. When you look at the Apostle Paul, he talked about the sports. He talked about running the race. He talked about wrestling. He talked about the things that they did back in that day for entertainment. I don't think there's anything wrong with entertainment until entertainment takes over. So I have to ponder the path of my feet. Where is this taking me? And today, we're going to go just one verse, verse number 27. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left, or move thy foot from evil. Up to this point, we have tried to look at everything positively. But today we are going to look at things negatively. Because as as good... As technology is, as many benefits that it brings, there are so many evils. And if I did not tell you, we went through this whole thing and I never told you the evils and what to watch out for and just got candid with you, I would be doing you a disservice. If I told you the internet was the greatest thing, if I told you your cell phone was the greatest thing, if I told you your game console was the greatest thing, if I told you whatever technology in your mind that says, when you say technology, whatever pops in your mind, if I were to tell you that's awesome and you don't have to worry about it, just enjoy the things you have, I would be doing you wrong because there are so many evils. The Trojan horse that we talked about at the beginning, the devil has so many of them. And he doesn't have just things that are going to hurt you. He has things that are absolutely going to destroy you. And this is why we have to go back to the beginning. Keep your heart with all diligence because your pure heart has value. And when we look at our lives, we look at all the evil there is. Right now, we've gone through it. Mean, before I told you about, you could go on the Internet right now and probably get a sermon from any church that I uploaded all around the world. You can go on and right now, just like we said, on most of your devices, get more commentaries, get more things on the Bible than John Wycliffe and all these great men that translated the Bible from English, from Latin to English and from from Greek and Hebrew to English. They ever could have thought of John Bunyan was sitting in prison writing Pilgrim's Progress, but he knew the word of God up here and he could write it out. But we have in our pockets more than they could ever. But you know, with that, we hold in our pockets more evil than they would ever imagine. The things that you can click on the Internet and find are so evil. There's some things that are so wicked that it's like, what kind of person has that kind of mindset to even think that would be good? You could just go to something as simple as a YouTube search and find things that are so ungodly and so wicked it's like, wow, how in the world could the human mind even entertain such a thought? And yes. Technology is a great thing. I love it. But if we are not aware of all the negative things that can happen in our lives because of it, we are foolish. So let's go on to it. Let's take a couple things. Let's look at the positive. First. Well, let's go through the verse. Proverbs four twenty seven. Turn not to the right hand or the left. Remove thy foot from me. Well, the word remove means this: to turn off, to depart, to eschew. I put a shoe in there on purpose because if you look at Job, when God talked about Job, Job was one man in the Bible that God said he feared God and eschewed evil. When Job was characterized by God, not by other men, not by his friends, by God, God Almighty Himself said that Job departed. From anything evil, so you can go ahead and put in your mind that when Job came, if Job had a television and Job turned off the, turned on his television, by God's account, he would have turned off whatever was evil. This is God's account. If someone was talking around him and we're talking about something inappropriate, from God's account, Job would have said, "I I want nothing to do with it." If whatever, if Job had a cell phone. And someone texted something to Job inappropriate from God's account. Job eschewed. He departed from evil. Now, I want that to be the testimony for Aaron Burden. I really do. That when God Almighty looks at me and he says, hey, Aaron Burden is a man that departs from evil. He eschews it. he leaves it. He wants nothing to do with it. He's not perfect. But he doesn't want anything to do with evil. So we go on. Depart. I mean, remove. To turn off to depart and eschew. Evil. Wicked. Corrupt, perverts. Evil, wicked, corrupt, perverse. And here is our problem. Verse 27 says this. Turn not to the right hand or the left. Remove thy foot from evil. In our society, evil is such a. It's just a term that everybody just finds it on their own. What may be evil to you, our society will say, hey, what may be evil to Riley? Doesn't have to be evil to me. Riley can have his own set of standards. I can have my own. In our minds. We even have things that we say, you know what? It's not that bad. I'll give you an illustration. And I say this was a guy and a girl can mess around immorally. And no one will say that's that bad. Unless a girl gets pregnant and then all of a sudden, whoa, she's pregnant. And then there comes a problem. See, in our minds, we have to go and say this evil is anything that goes against God's law, anything, no matter where I think it is or not. If it goes against what God says, it is evil. If it goes against what God says, because of that evil, because of that sin, Jesus Christ had to lay his hands down on a cross and let wicked men nail his hands into a cross. So when I start thinking about my sin that way, I have to think, yeah, it's evil. If I had to think that, you know what? This communication that I'm having that is inappropriate through whatever means of technology that I have is the reason Jesus Christ had to get beaten and slapped by sinful, wicked men and spit in his face. You know what? All of a sudden, it doesn't make it that big of a deal anymore. I mean, it's not as great anymore. Oh, you mean because I type in the curse word? Yeah. For the wages of sin is death. Just because Jesus Christ saved you from it meant it still cost him something for it. And when we think about the word evil, it means different things to different people. Oh, I listen to this music. It's not that bad. No, if it's against God and his word, it is evil. It is wicked. And so this is where our problem usually is, because in our minds as human beings, we can so rationalize it. Well, see, so-and-so listens to music way worse than this. Man, so-and-so goes to the sites that way worse than this. Man, I didn't say half the stuff they were saying in the conversation. If it's evil, if it's wicked, if it's against God, it has to stop. And here we go. Verse number 27, we'll go over into the rest of the part here. Two keys to discerning evil when it comes to technology. The two ways. Here, turn not to the right hand nor the left. This is what we're going to look at first. I do not deviate from truth. Deviate, D-E-V-I-A-T-E. I I do not deviate from the truth. So here's the illustration. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left. As I follow God, whatever is happening around here, I do not get distracted because I am on the goal. You know what? Young people with goals are probably some of the most... I mean, they're less distracted. You let a girl that has a desire to be a doctor, a nurse. And I mean, that is her goal in life, to do it. You know what? Cute guys can come through. If that's her goal, you know what she said to mine I She not have to have parents. She not not any, have anything. All she says is, well, my goal is to one day graduate from medical school. And she'll go to that. Oh, well. I don't what about the boyfriends over here and what about this over here? No, I'm going to have to study because I want to go to medical school. When you have a goal, it changes things. you get a guy who wants to play sports for on the college level hardcore. I'm not talking about, oh, it would be nice to be an NBA player one day. I'm talking about he has in his mind the goal. You don't have to say, "Well, you probably shouldn't drink pop." He's just going to say, "No, I'm not going to drink that. I got a goal. I want to play ball." Hey, you might want to work out. You don't have to tell him that. He's in the gym because he has a goal. See, this is what our goal should be. My goal is to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ in everything I have. And if we all have that as a goal, see, all the evils of the technology, I won't turn to the right hand or to the left because I am focused on the goal of Jesus Christ. Yes, yeah, sometimes I may get for just a minute distracted. Wow, that's that's kind of cool over there. This is, but my goal is to keep my heart with all diligence and to go for the goal that God has set for me in my life. So I can't turn to the right-hand or to the left. I'm filling a couple blanks. How do I keep myself from deviating from the truth? How do I keep myself? Number one, you meditate on the truth. So these are the positive things that I want us to do. We've got to meditate on the truth, Joshua 1 eight. Talks about how if we meditate on the word of God, we'll have good success. I'm going to read it. Joshua 1.8, you may have it memorized. This book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. So I got to meditate on the truth. Now here is where technology kills us. It keeps us. From meditating on truth. If we had to be honest. What is. The amount of time. If God had a ticker. The amount of time. Anything from God's word. Crossed our mind through a given day. Do we meditate on it? Well. I thought about it this morning. When I I read my couple verses. I. Well I thought about thinking about. Thinking about. Thinking about my devotions. And we that's about as much as the past as our minds. See, if you don't want technology to overtake you, this is what you got to you have to do. You have to meditate on God's word. You know what? It's hard to look like look at dirty pictures on the Internet when you're meditating on God's word. It is. It's hard to send a text message negatively about someone else when you're meditating on God's word. Oh, wow. Evil communication corrupts this good manners, but I'm still gonna send this anyway. It usually doesn't happen. You've got to meditate on God's word. And see, this is the other thing. We have so many great technologies to help you do that. Most of you guys who have an iPod, you can go to the App Store if you even have an Android phone. There you go, Brandon. Android, shout out. But you can go to um you can go to Bible.is, download the app, and you can listen to the word of God read to you. You don't even have to read it yourself. Somebody else will read it to you with different voices. They even like get into it and other people play parts and everything. And they're reading the exact scripture of the word of God. But we don't meditate on the word of God. We can go on most of our devices and connect to the internet and listen to more sermons just like I said than any of the great men of the past have had access to. But we don't meditate on the word of God. We've got Christian music everywhere we need it. If you have a Spotify account, there's Christian music filled. And I'm not even talking about weird, off-the-wall Christian rap, Christian rock, none of that garbage. I'm talking about good stuff. And you know what? We don't meditate on the Word of God. And we wonder why we're inundated with the evils of technology. Because it's really easy. If I'm not meditating on the Word of God, it's like we talked about in 2 Timothy. Hey, when the Hymenus and the Philetus come by. Huh. This is this isn't true. Oh, what? It's not. Oh, I've been thinking that all my life. I didn't know that I was living a lie because I didn't know the truth. Meditate on the Word of God. Secondly, memorize the Word of God. Memorize the truth. We know this verse because we've memorized it probably since we were in kindergarten. I think Sean even may know this verse. Psalm one nineteen eleven. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not what sin against God. Exactly. We know it. But yeah, we do not memorize. We memorize because we have to. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to go ahead and throw this disclaimer out because I've heard people say this. There is nothing wrong with memorizing verses because you have to for school. But can I ask you to capitalize on that? If someone's making you memorize a verse, capitalize it. Don't learn it just so you can regurgitate it on a test. Learn it so that you can Apply it to your life. Hey, if you have someone, a teacher, or in your class, they say, memorize this passage of Scripture. Take it as a praise. Well, Praise the Lord. Now I'm memorizing Scripture. I'm obeying God's Word, and somebody's helping me to do it. And if, they, if you don't have anybody right now, I don't have anybody in my life that tells me to memorize Scripture. I just have to try and do it. I don't have my mom doesn't call me and say, Aaron. What was your verse for this week? And I recited to her. No, I have to come up with myself and try to memorize scripture. So how am I going to keep from getting inundated by technology and evil? I've got to meditate on the word of God, meditate on the word of God, meditate on the word of God. Hey, if you have thoughts going through your mind that you should not have, meditate on the word of God. You turn something on that reads you the word of God. You read the word of God. You have somebody preach you the word of God. You have somebody sing you the word of God. And I am dead serious about this. You have got to meditate on the word of God because the more truth you get in you, the easier it is to guard your heart. Because if you're letting it open to every lie, every philosophy, then the devil just rolling Trojan your horses in. He doesn't even need you to leave the door open anymore. He has enough troops in there. He can take over your life. So we've got to meditate on it and memorize it. Let's go to determine to always remove Wickedness from your life. Determine to always remove wickedness from your life. If I am wrong, wrong in my use of technology, how do I correct it? Now, this is what, something I want you guys to be. And this is why one reason I love being a youth pastor. Because if there's ever a group in this church that I would say would try, not saying always, but I'm saying would try to be honest with themselves is usually teenagers. Is usually this group in here. If there's ever a group that will go to a conference or hear a revival and they will in their mind think, you know what, there's some things in my life I need to change and would be most likely to change it would be in this room. And maybe the one, a couple down right here where brother, um, brother Jex is. <coughs> Outside of that, sometimes when you get in adulthood and I, it, sometimes it frustrates me to no end to hear people talk about how good preaching is and how great a message it was but then continue to do the same things they know they're not supposed to be doing. And I have to do it in my life. There's Sometimes I hear things and I'm like, I need to change that, and I do not change it. But my goal is, when God points out something in the spotlight of his word, to change it. So this is what I want you guys to do. As we look at the next two points, if God shows something in your life that needs to change, I want you to be people that will determine Hey, I am not perfect, but God, if you'll show me something, I will try with your help to change it. I'll get in your word. See, because this is what happens. We just squirm through it. Oh, they're talking about something I don't, I do. He's talking about something I I listen to. If we can just get through there five more minutes, five more minutes. (sighs) We're out. I don't have to hear that anymore. please. Please. I beg of you, do not become an adult that does that. Be a person that's willing to be determined. Hey, God, if you show something from your word and spotlight it in my life, God, I want to give it up. Let's go quickly and I'll fill in two blanks and I'll tell you a story and we're done. I am wrong. I am wrong in my use of tension. How do I correct it? Number one, be honest about your sin. Be honest about your sin. I must view my wrong behavior as God views it. Psalms 51.3 says this. My sin is ever before me. And he's talking about David, talking about when he got caught in the sin with Bathsheba. And David's writing and saying, you know what? My sin is ever before God. And I know it. You've got to be honest. Like we talked about the word evil. If you are doing, if I am doing anything against God that I ought not to be doing, it is evil. And I have to be honest with it. I cannot rationalize it in my mind. Well, you know what? So-and-so listens to something better. So-and-so does different things on their iPod. So-and-so does this. I cannot use any rationalization. If I am doing something against God, it is wrong. Whether it be on my cell phone, whether it be on my computer, whether it be on Facebook, whether, whatever. If it is me playing a video game that does not honor God, if I am doing it I must be honest and say, you know what? What I am doing is evil. And we don't like to do that. Because it's never that bad when we're doing. it. Whoa, do you see what so-and-so's doing? They're wicked. But in my life, well, it's not that bad because I have to be honest with myself. Number two, be, be willing to do what is necessary to remove wickedness from your life. Be willing to do what is necessary to remove evil from your life. Be willing to do what is necessary to remove wickedness from your life. I'll tell you this real quick and we'll be be done. I read the story this morning, which uh, you guys probably heard before. Guy's name is Aaron. A-R-O-N. No double A, -A, like mine. He was climbing mountains. Another reason you know he's not me. He was climbing mountains up in Utah. He was climbing mountains by himself, which is not recommended. And he was trying to get through three boulders. The way that he was climbing the mountain... He tried to get through three, he pulled his hand up to pull himself up. And one of the boulders shifted. And they said it was like 800 pounds or something shifted onto his hand. And it held him there. So he is here by himself. And he's nowhere around the I'm Bi- in mean the Bible. The Bible doesn't say this. <laughs> it fell on his hand. And he um, They said he was there three days before he ran out of food and water, hoping to get rescued. So this guy is sitting up here on the side of a mountain, waiting for somebody to rescue him. And after three days, he has no more food and water. And it comes to him. If I can break my hand. I can get free. So he said within it, because he said he had a pocket knife. You might want to step outside the door for just a second, dear. He had a pocket knife. And he said that he's tried to cut his skin. But the pocket knife was too dull to be able to do this and so he he said I can't do it and so he began he said in the process of an hour to break his hand he said he would I only have two seconds he said that he would he would pull down and pull up until he snapped his wrist and severed the bones completely and then he said he pulled out that dull pocket knife he tied a tourniquet onto his arm And he saw with that dull pocket knife, his hand from his body. And he got to where he get rescued. Now, we say, wow, that is extreme. Now, he thought, which it does, he thought his life has more value without a hand as long as he still had his life. He said, you know what? I'd rather just have my life than have to have my hand. He's. Got fitted it with a prosthetic limb. He's fine. But to make that decision had to be hard. Had to be hard to say, you know what? I want to live. And so I'm willing to do, I'm willing to go through whatever pain it takes to live. This is what I'm going to tell you. And we're done. I know I'm out of time. But in your life, technology can grab a hold of you so tightly that you think, hey, there's no way I could give up my cell phone. There is no way I could give up Internet access. There is no way I could close my Facebook. There is no way that I could give up my game system or whatever. And you can have in your mind so tightly that you would rather destroy your life than let go of it. I am asking you today. If you have evil in your use of technology. It would be better for you to cut off what seems to be impossible. Well, Pastor burden. if I had to stop texting so-and-so, if I had to give up such-and-such, if I couldn't watch this anymore, I could not live. I go back to the beginning. Your pure heart has value. And I would rather, I would rather, and I know it's extreme, I would rather watch you throw your cell phone down on the floor and stomp it than let you ruin your life. I would rather you never connect to the Internet again. I'm a technology person but I would rather you do that than ruin your life. I would rather you smash your iPod or close your Spotify account or whatever you have that is taking you away from God. I would rather you get rid of it and be like Aaron on the side of that mountain and say, you know what? It really doesn't matter in the scope of my life. I'd rather have my life than have this. When you understand how much your pure heart has value, you'll be willing to let go. When you know what it feels like one day to have a son or a daughter and you've served God faithfully and been able to help them, you'll say it was worth it. It was worth it. When you stand at the marriage altar, pure, it was worth it. It was worth it. Your pure heart has that. You can go open it. Your pure heart has value, guys. Don't lose your life. (laughs) Don't lose your life over something that does not matter.